The scriptures for today's sermon come from Psalm 119, Deuteronomy 32, and Psalm 143. The word of God speaks to us. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father and he will show you, your elders and they will tell you. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. This is God's word to us. Thank you, Emily. Well, good morning. For those of you that, uh, that I have not yet met, my name is Steve, and I'm one of the pastors here at Frontline. It's good to be with you today, not only on this last Sunday of 2023, but actually the last day of 2023. I think it's a common thing as we come to this transition day that, that straddles the uh, new year uh, to sort of hit the total button on the, the year that we've just lived and then to look forward to the year that we're anticipating. One of the ways that some of us look forward is by doing uh, New Year's resolutions. So a recent poll showed that 45% of all Americans make New Year's resolutions. Um, some focusing on eating better, some on getting better exercise, uh, some on better spending habits and so forth. Uh, gym membership goes up by 150% in January. But that same poll shows us that by July, only 8% of us are still working on those New Year's resolutions and, and bringing them to pass. So um, I have a friend who, um, who has a little bit different take on this looking forward to the next year. Um, he spends the last couple of weeks of the year listening to the Lord, praying and asking God for um, a word, for some direction for the next year. And uh, I remember a few years ago when he was, uh, we were heading into the upcoming year, and I asked him, what, uh, what are you hearing this year? And he said, well, I believe the Lord is saying, I have some good news and some bad news. First, the good news. Whatever you plant this year is going to bear fruit a hundredfold. Now for the bad news. Whatever you plant this year is going to bear fruit a hundredfold. So be careful what you plant. See? Um, when you plant a kernel of corn, just one kernel of corn, it germinates, a stalk comes up, and typically just one ear will form on that stalk. But that one ear will have about 800 kernels in it. So that's an 800-fold multiplication of that, uh, of that original plant. So we need to be careful what we plant. If we sow seeds of love, joy, peace, patience, and the other fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to reap. Uh, if we sow uh, a, uh, a harvest to our flesh of rivalry, anger, immorality, and so on, that's what we'll reap, a big harvest of that. So we need to be very, very careful about what we plant. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then we will talk about looking forward and looking back. Father, we, um, we read that verse, Lord, that, um, that your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We pray that as we look into your word today, that you would illuminate our path. 
Lord, that, that we would be able to see and then we would be able to respond to you, Lord. That you would give, the, give us the courage to, to listen to you and then to respond to all that you call us to. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, when King David wrote in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, he was looking forward to the new, to the next step or two that, uh, that he would be taking. Now notice how limited David's view was of his future. Uh, God wasn't showing him his five-year plan or his two-year plan or his six-week plan for David's life. He was showing him the next step or two that he would be taking. So why is it that God would only show David that, that much? The, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. So why would God only reveal to him the next step or two? And the bigger question for us this morning is, why does he do that with us? Why does he only show us the path right in front of us? Uh, I think the easy answer for that is that if he gave us all the details this morning for 2024, the next time he would hear from us would be this time next year when we would be asking for the direction for 2025. Uh, we sang it a little bit ago, uh, prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. So in his great love and his mercy towards us and his desire for relationship with us, he keeps us daily and hourly dependent on him for the light to take the next step without stumbling. God's word, both his written word, the Bible, and the words that he speaks to our hearts, they're the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. So that's a great motivation for us to marinate in the Bible, to just spend time just in his word and also to spend time in his presence, just marinating there and listening to him. Have you ever wondered about the parable of the persistent widow that's described in Luke 18? Let's read that. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So listen again to the first and, and last parts of that. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And will God uh, not give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Do you hear how relational that is? Father is looking for relationship with his kids. That's us, by the way. And he'll help us to stay relational and not get transactional with him by only illuminating the steps immediately before us. So that's what we can expect as we look forward into 2024. Light for the next step. Well, what about looking back? Looking back behind us. What does the Bible have to say about looking back? Looking back. 
Earlier, we read a couple of verses, so let's look at them again. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask your father, and he will show you your elders, and they will tell you. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. So both of those verses talk about us remembering something. But what exactly are we supposed to remember? The psalm says to remember all that God has done and the work of his hands. So as we look back, we're to remember that our, all that our Heavenly Father has done. So why is it important to remember all that? There's a, um, a colloquialism that came out of Florida. It's also uh, everybody that's lived in Louisiana can relate to this. But it says, when you're up to your armpits in alligators, it's hard to remember that your original goal was to drain the swamp. Okay? Now, what that means is, it's another, another way of saying that is that life has a way of turning out very differently than we anticipated with unexpected difficulties that make it very hard for us to remember what we're supposed to be doing here. And when, not if, but when that happens, it'll be very important to remember him who will never leave us, who will never forsake us. We remember not only what he did for the people in the Bible, but we remember the way that he has lovingly intervened in each of our lives. Over and over in the Old Testament, God commands his people to build monuments and memorials that memorialize something that God has done for them. Later, when the enemies were at the door and they found themselves in difficult circumstances, they could look back at that pile of stones and they could remember that time when God undertook for them and was faithful to them. Now, one of the things that baptism does for each of us is just that. Baptism is a memorial that we build that shows us and reminds us that we have passed from death into life. We've been buried with him in the waters of baptism and raised in him to new life. And then when the enemy comes accusing us and telling us that we really haven't changed at all, we can say, oh, oh yes. There's a memorial right over there, a specific time when I passed from death into life. Well, there are other things that we can do to help us remember too. I have a habit of uh, recording in the notes section of my phone um, memorable things that the Lord speaks to me when he you know, illuminates scripture to me or when he gives me a dream that I know was from him. Um, in answered prayer, when he answers prayers, I add all those things into my notes. Then that way, when I'm in a difficult place in the middle of a battle um, where circumstances are difficult and the going gets hard, I can go back and read that stuff and remind myself that God has done great things. Um, he's never yet abandoned me and he's not going to start now. Well, the theme of remembering is the heart of another familiar psalm. It begins, As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? 
So the psalmist is in a hard place there. See, he's, uh, he's not just thirsty. He's dying of thirst. He's dying of thirst to experience God's presence. Um, the, dying to experience the closeness of God. And all the while, the enemy is sneering at him and saying, where is your God? Well, listen, though, to where the writer goes from there. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So what he does is he begins to remember, remembering those times when he did experience the presence of God, when he did experience God's nearness. And then he begins to exhort himself, his own soul. Why is it that you're cast down in me? Why is it that you're in turmoil? Hope in God, I shall again praise him. But he's able to do that only because he first remembers God's great faithfulness and his mercy towards him. Okay, now before I get people emailing me telling me that the Bible also tells us to forget some things, let's talk about that too. One of the notable forgetting passages is in uh, Philippians chapter 3. In verse 5, Paul talks about his own pedigree. Uh, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, so literally a a super Jew, uh, a Pharisee, a zealous persecutor of the church, and according to the law, blameless. Can you imagine being able to say according to the law, blameless? Well, Paul could say that. But then in verse 8, he says that he counts all of that as garbage in comparison with knowing Jesus. In verse 13 he goes on, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul was going to forget some things. He was going to forget his own righteousness, and he was going to forget his own shame. What must that have been like for him to think about all those people that he persecuted to death? Men, women, and children. He was going to forget all that because Jesus had made him a new creation. Okay? Um, Each of us have things in our lives that were actually gifts that were given to us. But if we aren't careful, we can boast about them as if they're our own accomplishments. Our IQ, we didn't have anything to do with that. Um, our, our natural athletic prowess or lack thereof, see, we had nothing to do with that. Uh, the families that we were born into, not our responsibility. But each of us also has things that we're ashamed of, things that we'd like to forget. And like Paul, we're called to forget all that. Forget all those things and instead remember our Father's love and our Father's care for us. That's what will carry us through. Well, let's look back and remember some things from 2023. In hindsight, there are a couple of things that I would like to, uh, to highlight, and both of them relate to the, the way that the Holy Spirit has met us this year in our church. 
2023, our church received well over 100 prophetic words on Sunday morning. According to the Bible, these messages are manifestations of the Holy Spirit, wherein He builds us up, He encourages us, He comforts us, and that's what we saw. Several people were healed of physical infirmities. A few of us were set free from um, spiritual forces of darkness. And many of us were encouraged by the fact that God was seeing our specific struggles and was calling us to come forward and, and stand with others who would, would pray with us. Uh, I'd like to share one specific uh, story. This is James Clark's story. And James has given us permission to use his name and his story. James struggled with pain in his left hip area for about 15 years. X-rays suggested an untreated childhood injury. It got incrementally worse each year since before middle school. It caused misalignments in his spine and multiple back injuries that have left him with chronic muscle and nerve pain throughout his whole body. He had been in and out of chiropractors, physical therapists, and doctors. All were unable to diagnose the exact issue, but always noted his left hip as a central area. By 2022, he had been discharged from his last physical therapist and told that he would have to keep doing physical therapy on his own, as this would be a lifelong struggle. Fast forward to 2023. He was continuing to stretch daily and could not go longer than three days without at least an hour of stretching. He arrived at church on a Sunday morning, and after the sermon, a prophetic word went out to the church for those experiencing pain in their left hip flexor to come up for prayer. He felt like God was calling him up for prayer over his trial to encourage him along, but his mind did not go to seeking for healing. After a quick recap with the prayer team, they prayed healing to his left hip flexor. One of the elders was called over to lay hands on the area and anoint him with oil. After prayer, he was asked if he noticed any difference. There was still tension in the area, but he felt warmth radiating from the exact spot where his hand lay, and the elder mentioned it felt warm to him as well. James left church, and the warmth stayed with him at the same intensity. On the drive home, the warmth began to grow slowly down his leg until it stopped at his knee. He began to have more flexibility and movement to his left leg, and he was able to, able to perform tasks that would have normally been a strain, but with no aggravation to his hip area. The warmth lingered on his hip flexor for three days and was very apparent. He had more flexibility and was able to move his left glute and other muscles in the area at ease. Since then, he has had no pain or numbness coming from his left hip or hip flexor. His body overall has begun to slowly improve and become more responsive to stretching and exercise. He reports that he still has a ways to go in some areas um, because he has severely da damaged those in the past, but he feels that restoration is actually possible now where before it felt like his hip was locked and was blocking his progression. Praise God. Well, maybe more than anything, um, and more than just the fact that the Holy Spirit has been moving here, uh, has been the way that the Spirit did that. In Ephesians 4, the Apostle Paul wrote, And God gave, some, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now notice really carefully 
what he says there. Those leaders, the apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, have a job in God's purposes. It's to equip the individuals in the church to do the work of the ministry. If it's only the leaders that are doing the work of the ministry, then we've missed it. See, that's not what God's called us to. The leaders are the equippers. The ministry is done by all of us. That's called EMI, every member involvement. And during 2023, we took some important steps towards every member involvement. Quite a few of those prophetic words that came during 2023 did not come from the prayer room or from the prayer team. They came from people in the congregation who were listening and then reporting what they heard. Now, yes, those words were shared with the leaders who assessed them against the written word of God, like it says that we're supposed to do in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But this was a real move towards every member involvement. Uh, during 2023, we also saw people loving their neighbors and those outside the church in an increased way. On December the 31st, 2023, that's today, there are some people who are walking in the light who a year ago were walking in darkness. They're on the path now to eternal wholeness. And it was because we the church together are rising up to be his hands and his feet in the world. So I'd like for us to pray now. Um, pray that we will take our calling seriously and pray for an increase of his presence with us. So Father, we do come before you. We, we thank you, Lord, for the, the wins that, that you had during 2023. Lord, the ways that we were able to be your co-workers as you led us as you spoke to us, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you that we got to be a part of that. And thank you for the, the people that were healed, the people that were encouraged, um, Lord, the people that were exhorted uh, as you spoke to us. Father, I pray that that would increase and that we would all have the courage to step up and be the body of Christ that you've called us to be. So thank you again, Father. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, um, if we haven't met yet, my name's JP. I'm the director of our student ministry. And um, as we're, it's really fun, yeah. And, and as we're looking back, um, uh, the, just God has just shown us a lot of favor in 2023, in these, especially in these past six months. And so um, our student ministry has been marked by three words. And the, the first one is uh, fun. Um, and I think of the, the quote that we want to take the gospel seriously, but not ourselves too seriously. And so the way that we have fun on Wednesday nights is through a, a variety of different ways, through our summer hangout series where we played pickleball and we had a tea party. We host monthly parties. We even did some Christmas caroling with our juniors and seniors. Um, but what is a student ministry without any fun? Um, when you, and when we look at the fun, it's actually an invitation into mission, it's quite often that a student brings a, a new friend, neighbor, or classmate to join us on our Wednesday night gatherings. Here's a picture that I took um, back in 2021 while I was still volunteering. And here's a more, the most recent picture of our student ministry. This semester, we've, we've hit a, night, a record of 93 students. <laughs> Praise God. 
And it was, as I'm looking at this picture, it's just a really sweet way to, to end our semester, just locked arms, worshiping God for what he's done this year. And so the second word is uh, that our time together was formative. Yes, we want our kids to be kids, but we also want them to be formed into the image of Jesus. And to look like Jesus, what does that mean? It calls us into uh, action to give our, our lives away, just like Christ did for us. And we've been seeing this formation in two ways this semester. The first one is a second Sunday and uh, the For the City service project that we did at Ida Freeman. Our students are seeing the value of uh, serving one another, but there's a real tangible and uh, hunger for the joy to be had to love our neighbor. I remember as we were wrapping up the service project, kids were coming up and asking me, hey, when can we come back? When can we do this again? So formation is not just having a lot of fun, but it's through mission. So lastly, um, that our gatherings were safe. And of course, in a practical sense, but when I think about safe, our, our kids felt safe enough, safe enough to do the following. Confession and repentance of sin, and their, especially their addictions. Our kids on Wednesday nights are open about sharing their anxieties for acceptance. And it's actually really common for our students to be praying for their unbelieving teachers, friends, and even sometimes their bullies. And kids even process hard questions like this. Hey, why do I still sin if I'm a Christian? Another question is, how do we know what we, what we actually believe as Christians is true? So I want to praise God for the favor that he's shown us uh, this year. But here are some specific prayer requests for the student ministry. If you have... Uh, Notes, write these down. Number one, for increased favor as we move missionally towards Edmond Public Schools. Number two, for our student ministry to grow. Number three, for more qualified small group leaders. The harvest is plentiful, but we don't have a lot of laborers. And then lastly, for more salvations and baptisms. Up next is Chantel. Good morning, guys. My name is Chantel Levin, and I'm the kids director on the other side of the building. So if you don't usually see me on Sundays, that's why, because I'm over there. Um, but it's really good to be with you guys this morning. Um, when I look back on this past year in kids ministry, I'm really encouraged by what the Lord has done and how we've grown. We have seen an average of about 210 kids on Sundays, and it's increasing as the end of the year has drawn near. Um, but I'm so pumped about 210 kids from our city coming into our church every Sunday and getting to hear the gospel. Like just in our building alone is pretty incredible. And then on top of that, we've seen 14 kids baptized this year. And yeah, that's awesome. And one of those 14 kids um, I had a baptism meeting with about a month ago, a little seven-year-old girl. And it was just so precious because this seven-year-old girl was able to clearly articulate the gospel as well as her conviction for sin and that her life had changed because she started following Jesus. And what's even sweeter is I've known this girl since she was a toddler. And back before I was the kids director, when I was just serving weekly in a classroom, um, but she was in 
my classroom and we often had behavioral issues, had to call our parents. But I just remember the conversations I had with her at three years old and the ways I prayed for her and shared the gospel with her. And I know there's so many different people in her life that was doing that. And to see as seven years old for her life to truly be changed, um, for her to be made new um, in Christ was just so, so sweet and such an answer to prayer for me. Um, But I just want to see more of that. Um, Kids ministry is kind of slow sometimes. And so to get to see little glimpses of what faithfulness uh, year after year through kids ministry workers and her awesome parents um, is so cool. Uh, Another thing I wanted to celebrate is the fact that this past year we were able to really love and serve families that have kids with special needs, with sensory needs, and um, with behavioral disorders. Um, There were several families that came to our church that hadn't been able to previously attend a full service because their child wasn't able to make it through um, that entire length of time. And so as our family ministry team has grown and as we've had more specialized trainings in that area, we've been able to create a space that is just safe and for these kids to feel known and seen, which is a huge step for these families, for their kid to make it through an hour and 10 minutes so that they can attend service um, and is a step in the right direction towards our mission being accomplished, which is to partner with parents to raise kids that love God and love people. And so as we move into this next year, I am hopeful and praying for more of that and for us to be just really hospitable toward families that have different needs. And then last but not least, I wanted to celebrate that we officially have 117 adults serving in the kids ministry which if you guys have seen me up here before that is an answer to prayer um I couldn't believe it this morning I had to go back and double check my counting I looked at my spreadsheet and there really is 117 adults um that are giving their lives away for the sake of kids knowing Jesus and just literally having so much fun back there um being a part of what the two stories that I just mentioned like they're making that happen and so if you guys aren't serving with us and are looking for a place to serve we would love to have you because I'm expecting the numbers of kids to just continue to grow in 2024 so I want to invite you guys um, to just pray with us as you're thinking about kids ministry and student ministry, family ministries as a whole throughout your week. And if the Lord brings us to mind, please pray for more salvations. Pray for our team, for them to have just renewed joy and energy in what they're doing. And pray for the Lord's provision in 2024 for people to serve with us. So now welcome up Brandon. Thanks, Chantel. Well, I want to, my name is Brandon. I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors who helps oversee our community groups ministry. And so I want to also look back and look forward. When I think about 2023, it's really been a year of community groups loving one another and caring for one another. Uh, there's been lots of discipleship of people becoming, looking more like Jesus. And there's been a lot of mission that's happened. So if I look out into this room and I see a lot of faces of people who have been serving in community groups for decades, uh, leading groups or just being a part of a group in a really healthy way. So I just want to highlight a few things and I want to start with a personal story. Earlier this year in April, my mother passed away and by God's grace, she loved Jesus. And so we're celebrating that. But it was a really challenging season 
for, for me, for my wife, for our four kids, it was just heavy with grief and just some tough extended family situations. But our community group, uh, led by Seth and Erica Stewart and all the people that are a part of that group, just rallied around us and loved us. They prayed for us. They brought us meals. Um, they, they loved us and just sustained us in just a really difficult season. And so that's a huge highlight for, for me and my family. Jesus said in John 13, he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And so we've, we've all experienced, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've experienced the greatest love. And our, our call as we, as we walk this out and do community together is to love each other and those that are even outside of our group. So here are a few other examples from this past year. Like me, many others have lost loved ones this year and their community groups rallied around them. There've been many good and tough conversations that have happened in discipleship groups. I've heard countless stories of, of confession of sin, of repentance, of, of lives, of men's and women's lives being changed to look more like Jesus as they're walking this out with other brothers and sisters. When it comes to being on mission for Jesus in 2023, one community group has hosted three different block parties in their neighborhood, meeting and building relationships with many of their neighbors. Uh, one of the stories that came from one of those parties is two neighbors on their street came to this block party. They both had lived on the street for 15 years and never spoken to one another. And this was the first time in 15 years that they actually met and had a conversation with each other because of this this community group hosting this for, the, for their neighbors. Um, I think about mission in, in other ways too as we both demonstrate and proclaim the gospel from Christy and Jason Woodard leading efforts to love foster families through Anna's House Ministry uh, all the way to, to Carol's side regularly inviting her neighbors into her home and loving them and sharing the truth of Jesus with them. And so as I, as I think about 2024, I'm asking God to continue to grow our community groups ministry to plant more C groups in more neighborhoods throughout the city of Edmond and Guthrie and Luther and surrounding areas. In those areas represented, there are over 500 neighborhoods. Right now we have 21 community groups here in Edmond. And so I've been praying, I, I, took the, I stepped into this role about three years ago and I've been praying that, that we would have hundreds, hundreds of community groups across all of these areas as we continue to plant gospel communities in these different neighborhoods to minister, to demonstrate the truths of the gospel, but also to proclaim the truths of the gospel. And so I'm, join me please in praying that in 2024 that we'll plant more and more community groups uh, in the neighborhoods that are even just represented in this room alone. So pray with me now as I pray for and pray for all of the stories that have been shared. Father, you're, you're so good to us. And, and even as each of us take a moment to reflect in our own heart and remember 2023, both the difficult and challenging things that have happened in our life and also the really joyful things, we, we celebrate that you were right there with us the entire time. And not just that you were with us, but we had brothers and sisters around us who loved and cared and spoke the truths of the, your scriptures and the truths of the gospel into our hearts. Father, I pray that, I ask that in 2024, we would continue to be a church that loves one another well, 
that we would be a church that loves those outside of your family well, that we would welcome them with open arms, that we would proclaim the truths of Jesus and how he's changed our lives. We would proclaim that to them. And God, we just ask from from the, the youngest of children in our church to the oldest that you would continue to shape us, make us more like Jesus. And I pray, God, that you would, you would radically save people's lives. That as they experience and hear the truths of the gospel, that, that this city would know that we are your disciples because of the way that we love you and the way that we love one another and the way that we're willing to fight for each other. In Jesus' name, amen.